You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, welcome to episode number 39 of Life Repurposed. Did you catch my interview with Jill Savage last week about discovering full life even after having an empty nest? That was episode number 38. If you missed it, it's at michellerayburn.com slash 38. I also was talking in episode 37 before that one about gray hairs and chin fuzz in my little mini series on aging gracefully. I don't know what it is with those chin hairs, but I suspect that some of my face cream might have a formula similar to Rogaine. I imagine a scientist, probably a man, creating just the right blend that would cause vain women like me who believe they needed anti-wrinkle cream to put that on our faces every day and then begin sprouting full beards. But that's just my conspiracy theory. I'm recording this during a statewide shelter-at-home order because of a pandemic, so I'm uh, a little loopy even though I don't normally go out of my house that often during the week because I work from home. I still have been home for a little bit longer than normal, and that also means I can't make use of the car visor to check on my chin hairs. You have to see episode 37 for that, but I'm going to have to use the light on my cell phone so that I don't come out of quarantine in a month looking like the bearded lady. So here I am, Continuing the series about aging where I have talked about looking at it with a different perspective and looking for the jewels in the midst of it. I have found that there are some advantages to being a little more mature. For instance, when I go out and about, sales clerks and auto technicians call me ma'am instead of miss, and that has a certain ring of respect. Actually, I was in Texas a little while ago, and I found out that everybody is Miss somebody there. I was Miss Michelle to anybody who is younger than me. I'm from the... Uh, northern Wisconsin Midwest, and we don't really have that tradition here, and it was kind of cute to actually be called Miss again, because I'm usually ma'am. And as long as people are calling me ma'am, it means that I'm allowed to bring my bifocals out in public now. Ma'ams wear bifocals, don't they? And I wear mine on my head most of the time. Sometimes I have one on my head and one on my face and one in my purse. I've also discovered that in my 40s, I could start wearing my jogging suit out and about. Nobody actually expected me to jog. I'm in my 50s now. Really, nobody expects me to jog, but I do wear jogging suits just for lounging around. But in my 40s, I had a blueberry-colored velour jogging suit, and it was something that my teenagers did not love. So it was really fun to see the panic in the eyes of my teenagers when they lived at home. And I would threaten to wear it out of the house because it was actually top and bottom zipper, jacket, fuzzy pants, really blue. And they called me Madam Blueberry because of VeggieTales. I'm so blue, 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 blue. I'm so blue, I don't know what to do. Okay, a little entertainment for you there from VeggieTales. So I was Madam Blueberry to my kids. Mostly it was my Sunday afternoon napping outfit. I would come home from church, take off the dress and the nylon stockings. Remember when we had to wear those to church all the time? I would put on my blueberry velour suit and take my Sunday afternoon nap. But once in a while, I had to leave the house in it. And one time I had to pick them up from school 
And I figured there would be, I wouldn't have to get out of the van. So I'd stay in the van. No one could see me. So as long as I'd been at home and wearing my jogging suit, I would just wear it over to the school. This was a good plan until I saw Austin hop on the bus. I was sitting along where parents pick up kids at school and just waiting in the van. And I saw him get on the school bus. So I waited thinking that he would notice the van and get back off the bus. But then the bus driver started the engine. So I knew they were getting ready to leave. So that meant I had to get out of the van and jog over to the bus. At least I put the suit to good use. And I asked the driver to call Austin from the back of the bus for me. Rayburn, Madam Blueberry here for you. Well, that isn't what Mr. Nelson shouted, but he did shout Rayburn because that's what he always called him. Uh, But Austin came off and saw Madam Blueberry standing there waiting for him. And that was the last time I jogged in that suit. So, uh... That was one of my fun memories of aging. So with aging and other life challenges, I've discovered that my perspective has everything to do with getting through it. I've had plenty of down days, but when I can laugh and find the unseen benefits in a situation, those are the days when I'm happy despite my circumstances that are outside of my ability to control. So let's look at an example of a life that was repurposed where we can find hope and inspiration. I want to briefly tell you about one man in the Bible who understood God's ability to repurpose circumstances better than I will ever be able to comprehend. Joseph was a young man whom his father loved. In fact, he was his father's favorite, and this made his brothers jealous and they wanted to kill him. If any of you are the oldest sibling like I was in my family, you know that sometimes younger siblings can be a little bit annoying, especially if your parents favor them. In my own situation, my parents weren't really that far off balance, but I would say that my sister had some uh, rules that did not apply to her that applied to me. But anyway, Joseph was his father's favorite for many reasons, um, mostly because back in those days, uh, it was common to have more than one wife, and Joseph's father had a favorite wife. I can't go into the whole story because it would take forever to tell. But after she had passed away, and Joseph remained, that left a special place in his father's heart. So he loved him. He had given Joseph a special coat and some special privileges, like going out and checking on his brothers while they were working, and he would go home and tattle to their dad, and no one loves a tattletale. Anyway, his brothers decided that they were fed up with him, so they threw him in a pit, and while planning their evil, they came up with this idea that they were going to sell him as a slave because they wanted to kill him, but they didn't want murder on their conscience. Isn't that sweet? So they covered up their evil by telling their father that Joseph was killed by a wild animal, and they faked it, put some animal blood on his special coat, and watched the father grieve the loss. And his brothers had actually sold him to a caravan of merchants. So Joseph ended up in Egypt, and he was serving in the home of one of Pharaoh's officials. Pharaoh was like the king. He was the ruler. And unfortunately, while Joseph was serving there in the home of this official, his name was Potiphar, false accusations were made by the devious wife of this official, and that landed him in prison. So we think, okay, up, down, up, down. We think Joseph's finished now because if it wasn't bad enough that he was sold into slavery, now he's in prison. But God wasn't finished. 
Through Joseph's special God-given ability to interpret dreams, he eventually landed the position of second-in-command over all of Egypt under Pharaoh. So I think of this as a life repurposed, right? Doesn't it sound like God gave him new purpose? And there's a lot of between story. I can't really go through chapters and chapters of Genesis to tell you Joseph's whole story. But if you want to go read it in Genesis, you'll find it really inspiring because there's a lot of long story background that goes with Joseph being in prison. None of this happened overnight, of course. So years pass and Joseph is second in command and Famine has hit his homeland where his brothers live. Egypt is the place they go in search of food because due to some of Joseph's resourcefulness and listening to the Lord, the country of Egypt had stored up enough food that they could feed the world, basically. So Joseph, as a government official, recognized his brothers when they came into Egypt seeking food. Joseph did not seek revenge, although he could have, and he didn't reveal his identity at first. His brothers did not recognize him. Many, many years had passed. He had grown up from a younger man now to a full adult, and he was in his 30s. So many years have passed. He's dressed like an Egyptian. They're Israelites. He talked like an Egyptian. He walked like an Egyptian. Oh, I couldn't resist. Okay, so I do that every time I speak, so audiences have heard me do that, but I just can't resist. If you are an 80s high school kid like I was, Walk Like an Egyptian was a real song. You're going to have to look it up on Google if you don't know what it is. Anyway, Joseph's brothers, when they finally recognized him because he revealed himself to them, they were terrified because they're thinking back on their guilt of what they had done, and rightfully so. Joseph was in a powerful position now where he could execute any sort of punishment that he wanted on his brothers. But instead of what they expected, he threw his arms around his brothers, weeping. He kissed them. He spoke of how God had repurposed their wrongdoing. And there's this verse I want to read to you from Genesis 45, a couple of verses. Genesis 45, verse 5 through 8, where Joseph said, And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with, angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God has sent me ahead of you to, pers- to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt." So later, when the brothers still doubted Joseph's forgiveness, Joseph had to remind them again after their father died, and they thought, okay, now he's still going to try to get revenge. And in Genesis 50, starting at verse 21, he says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I think Joseph's story represents an ultra-repurposed life. Most of us won't ever experience anything that comes close to his suffering, but this example demonstrates to us that no circumstance is too horrible, no evil too vast, for God to turn it into something that brings him glory. See, the purpose of Joseph's story was not to bring glory and fame to Joseph, but it was for God to get glory in his these brothers, the whole country of Israel, the whole nation of Israel, I mean, being able to say, oh, look how God provided for our needs when we were, it all started with an evil deed. 
And God turned it around and used it as a means of providing. Joseph's story makes my own whining seem very petty and insignificant. But I'm thankful that God cares about even the trivial annoyances and the things that we all have to go through. We can't stop the aging process, so we may as well look for advantages in growing older and perceive ourselves through God's lens. Magazines and television are full of Hollywood celebrities and glamorous stars who do drastic things like plastic surgery to fight aging. I don't even recognize some of them when I see celebrity photos from some of my favorite childhood actors who grew up and I've seen them in Hallmark movies and stuff and then they have plastic surgery and I don't even recognize them anymore. If we believed the majority of the examples that we see in the media, we would conclude we are broken and ugly. But the Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by a loving God. That means even our wrinkles and our gray hair and our chin hairs are something to celebrate. I had four grandparents that lived to be at least 90 years old, and that's a legacy. If that's how many years the Lord gives to me, I don't want to spend the next 50 years of my life or the next 40 years of my life, whining and complaining. I would rather laugh about what I can't change instead of grumbling about it. So if you catch me grumbling about it, remind me that God has gifted me with a sense of humor, and I need to embrace that. I will aim to embrace hard times as an opportunity for God's power to shine, even if that isn't my first reaction. Will you join me? For resources today, I have a couple of questions for reflection for you, and I'm actually giving you practical tips, something that you can do right now at home without even having to go to my website and get the link, although you can. It will be at michellerayburn.com slash 39 if you're looking for a link that I'm about to share. But the to-do I'm giving you today are two things. One, I want you to look at how many beauty products you have either on your bathroom counter or in the drawers, in the cabinet, I don't know how many you have, how many of them do you think probably do nothing? How many of them were purchased because somehow it played on your emotions and you thought that you needed it? Some of them are huge money wasters. So my challenge to you is to clean out your stash and toss out the outdated stuff. The stuff that is no longer good, the makeup you're not going to use, the creams, the colognes, all of those things, and just simplify and get rid of some stuff. So this is just a practical tip. As you age, you probably don't need all the stuff that you have in your cupboard. So simplify. The second challenge that I have is to ask this question, are there any areas that you ought to take more seriously in order to take better care of your body as it ages? I want to challenge you to think of one thing that you could change right now, one change you can make, and then write down one action step that you will take that will get you started on that change. Even though I'm aging, it does not mean that I don't need to take care of my body. In fact, it means I need to take care of it even more. If you're listening and you are 30 years old and you're thinking, I have all the time in the world, if I could go back and rewind one thing, I think it would be to take better care of my body from the time I was younger instead of trying to undo a lot of stuff now in my 50s. So think of one thing that you could change and then take action today. If you've enjoyed this episode, you will find the content in chapter five of my book, The Repurposed and Upcycled Life, When God Turns Trash to Treasure. 
If you're interested in reading the rest of that book or learning more of the content, you'll find the link to the book at michellerayburn.com slash 39. And that's just a blog post where I put the show notes for this episode. So thanks for joining me. I will see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.